This programme was produced at and first aired on NPR, Manawatu People's Radio, with support from New Zealand On Air. Kapai Irarangi Tomotu, NPR. If you're a fan of NPR, listening to our podcasts and live stream has never been easier. Just search for accessmedia.nz on the App Store or Google Play and download the app with the Kiwi Fruit logo. Once you've got it, pick Manawatu People's Radio from the list of stations and go find your new favourite show. to Friend of Maryland. My name is Kat Pauze, and this is a fat-friendly space. Today on Friend of Maryland, I talk about the upcoming Fat Studies Moo on weight stigma in healthcare. I chat with Caleb Luna, a fat queer critical theorist, writer, and performer. And I spotlight a piece from Amy Waite on the fat zine about fat bravery. I'm very pleased to announce that the next Fat Studies Moo is scheduled to take place in August. It is on August 23rd at 4 p.m. Central Time, which is Dallas, August 23rd at 10 p.m. London Time in the UK, and then the 24th of August at 9 a.m. for me and others in New Zealand. The Moo in August is titled Do No Harm, and the guest scholars for the Moo are Drs. Heather Brown and Nancy Ellis Ordway. In their session, they're going to be talking about weight stigma and the harm that it causes, how healthcare is rife with anti-fat bias and discrimination against fat people, which compromises care and influences the training of new practitioners. They'll discuss how this happens, why it happens, and how we can change it through education, both in and out of the classroom. If you're interested in signing up for the Moo, please do at tinyurl.com slash FSMoo. And that's Moo like a cow, M-O-O-O-O, Moo. Or you can reach out to the show and we can help uh, get you connected in. I hope to see everyone at the Moo. Joining me today is Caleb Luna, a fat queer critical theorist writer and performer interested in engaging in body difference as a generative resource towards fatter understandings of collective freedom. Caleb, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's wonderful to be here. Well, it's always a treat to to chat with you. I so loved the moo that you did for me a couple of years ago. That was such a great experience and actually still to date, the best attended session we've had. Oh, wow. Everybody loves Caleb Luna. <laughs> so I know that you have your, 
I know that you're involved in a lot of things, like you've got your your dissertation scholarship and, and your activism and your writing, and there's so many various kinds of things that we could talk about. At the moment, what's kind of for mind for me is I saw a thread from you the other day in social media talking about kind of the connections between like desirability politics and, and fat liberation and like self-esteem versus liberation and um, that I thought was really interesting. So I thought maybe we could talk about that. Yeah, thank you. Um, well, how'd that get started? What got that <laughs> being your bonnet? <laughs> um, it started, I mean, it was inspired by one particular person, but really um, I've seen a lot of conversations about, you know, here in the U.S., we're sort of coming out of the pandemic um, sort of, you know, some of us are vaccinated and I think feeling more empowered to um, go out and return to a quote unquote normal life, um, which we can problematize up and down. Um, but nonetheless, I'm, I've been seeing a lot of conversation with people talking about how their bodies have changed um, throughout this, you know, 15 months of quarantine that we've um, experienced here in the U.S., um, many of us have gotten fatter, um, and some people are having um, a hard time with it. I've se- actually, thankfully, the people that I've been seeing, for the most part, are like feeling good about it. And the the um, tweet that inspired my thread was from a person who um, was just talking about like how much better he's. First of all, his intentional uh, weight gain. Um, and second of all, how much better he feels in his body. And finally, how, um, he was kind of expressing surprise that others were attracted to his fatter body now as well. Um, and it kind of sparked something in me that has been a a larger, um, sort of frustration as, you know, body positivity becomes more and more popular and more and more evacuated of um, fat liberation's more radical um, roots, right? And this sort of um, coalesced a lot of my critiques where I'm like, it's great that, you know, you're enjoying your fatter body, you like your fatter body, other people are enjoying your fatter body as well. That's all great. Um, none of that should be surprising, right? And so um, it, it kind of highlighted how limiting um, this sort of shallow notion of body positivity is when it mm. only sort of... Um, my self-esteem, my feelings about my body. Right, when it sort of um, arrests at the level of like your own personal relationship to your body and not my question was, why aren't, like, why is it surprising and why aren't you angry about that, right? Like, why aren't you thinking about um, the historical systems that produced it so that you were afraid to be fat or didn't let yourself be fatter or you're surprised that other people might like you fatter? So really just um, wanting to push the conversation beyond self-esteem, body image, our own, like, individual relationships to our body and thinking more structurally and historically and also coalitional coalitionally um about how to 
liberate ourselves from those systems as well as be in solidarity with people who are um, oppressed by systems that um, we aren't personally impacted by, right? And to more of a move in conversation between the self-esteem of feeling good in your body towards a collective liberation where everybody can feel good in their body, right? Um, free from racism, from sexism, from um, prisons and cages and borders. Um, and yeah, that is really on my mind now as we're, you know, moving out of the pandemic, um, the world has changed and um, I want um, people who might be coming into a fatter, coming out into the world in a fatter body, coming into a fat identity, as well as um, people who have been fat and have been doing this work to both think uh, more broadly about how we're approaching these issues um, and so that we can work together. I think that that's a common, not common. I know that myself, as someone who is doing work in this area, um, often has those same kind of like, you know, teeth gritting, especially around body positivity and the many ways that it is co-opted and then like watered down and whitewashed and commercialized fat liberation. Um, You know, but I know that I often kind of share with people that I don't do the work that I do with the hope that like fat people might love themselves or love their bodies. <laughs> and sometimes I, you know, they catch me in a moment where I'm like, I don't care if a fat person likes themselves or not. Like that, that's not what I'm doing. Yeah. Like, I'm interested in, and specifically my big thing at the moment is equal protection under the law, which is mm. also still not like a magic bullet to kind of change the thing, but there's so much distance between that, you know, whether or not fat people are actually comfortable in their bodies, happy with their bodies, love themselves. Those types of things are, are really not very much interested to me at the moment because I am much more interested in the structural change of at least making it illegal to not hire me because I'm fat. (laughs) And that has nothing to do with whether or not fat people are happy, um, you know, or comfortable or feeling desirable or sexy or that people are up in their DMS. (laughs) Yeah. And I think, it's also important because, I mean, when it it gets, um, when the conversation becomes about fat people liking ourselves or not liking ourselves and stuff, and um, our self-esteem, it also erases the ways that thin people aren't magically 100%, always 100% of the time. Caleb, why are you <laughs> suggesting that thin people don't all love themselves and don't lead happy lives? <laughs> yeah, surprisingly, no, they don't. Um, however, they do, they might have a higher quality of life because they don't experience the kinds of discrimination and bias that we do, right? And so we that example just highlights that, like, we can only love ourselves so much. Um, loving ourselves isn't actually going to solve it might solve some problems. It might it might give us confidence to like apply for the job that we've always wanted or whatever, right? But it's not gonna solve the bias of the person who's looks at our resume or her, when we walk into the door um, and doesn't want to hire a fat person. 
right? So, um, and thinking also that like our self-esteem is not attached to our body's size or shape or looks, but actually to capitalism that produces these insecurities um, for the purposes of uh, profit, which also we can tie to racism and colonialism, you know. White supremacy, (laughs) patriarchy, all the unholy trinity. Yeah. And so when we can just kind of step, you know, uh, pull the lens out a little bit, then we can begin to look at how um, these are a not just issues, um, not issues that are caused by fatness, first of all, um, and don't aren't don't only impact fat people, but have um, such a layered um, process, and by virtue of that, need a layered approach, uh, an intersectional, a multifaceted um, approach. Um, that I hope I think that fat activism um historically at least you know if you go back to the fat liberation manifesto the fat uh, liberation has always been about a sort of collective freedom um from capitalism from white supremacy racism colonialism imperialism and all these other systems that um today because of the ways that body positivity has been co-opted um has co-opted the sort of movement get gets lost. And so then we get these things of like, oh, I like myself when I'm fatter. <laughs> Isn't that surprising? And it's like, no, it's, it's, it's not at all. I mean, Caleb, do you, do you have any recommendations for how we talk back to that, how we push back against that, how we potentially kind of help people appreciate the, you know, silliness or the not useful <laughs> not helping you know kind of aspect of, of what of what it is they're engaging in um yeah it's a good question I think um kind of asking why is helpful um for me um in terms of like and in this example like why is it so why am I surprised that um I'm, why am I surprised if I like my, my fatter body better than I liked my less fat body? Why am I surprised if others like my fatter body um, more than my less fat body? Um, and by the same token, also being honest about our privileges, like we're not solely oppressed people as fat people, um, right? Like I have, <laughs> I carry a lot of markers of difference um, in terms of being, um fat but i'm a super fat person i'm disabled i'm a person of color uh, i'm queer i'm non-binary um i'm disabled i don't know if i already said i'm disabled <laughs> i'm neurodivergent like i hit a lot of marks um and i'm like i'm light-skinned um i'm a u.s citizen you know at at this moment in my life i have like um more financial stability than i ever have before so like the conversation is nuanced and we can't just understand ourselves as wholly oppressed people. Um, we can also think of ourselves as, we also need to look at our privileges um, and use our privileges um, to help those that don't have them to, you know, to um, 
leverage leverage our privileges um, as many or a few as we might think that we have. Um, because the problem isn't going to end with us just feeling good about ourselves. It's, it's going to end when, um, you know, Western empire, capitalism and white supremacy and patriarchy um, and all those intertwining systems have fallen. Yeah. And I mean, it, it's, it's like, in a way, it's almost a shame. Like, wouldn't it be awesome if actually that would end if we yeah. could get, like, if we could buy the world of Coke, you know, like if we could get everybody um, to just be happy with themselves, but uh, that wouldn't fix it. And of course we wouldn't be able to get there because the overarching structures of white supremacy, capitalism, patriarchy, the trinity of why we can't have nice things, um, <laughs> you know, all operate, you know, with needing us to, yeah yeah it's a it's a distraction you know if you don't mm. feel good about yourself if you don't feel empowered if you're so distracted in um structuring your life around producing a body that you'll supposedly feel good about which is always a moving um target is also right like then you're not um you're not focused on helping others you're not focused on being in yeah solidarity with others yeah, 100%. Um, Caleb, if there are people listening who are like, wow, this person's really awesome. I want to learn more. Where can they find you online? Yeah, um, I'm mostly on Instagram at chairbreaker, um, C-H-I-R-B-R-E-A-K-E-R. <laughs> um, and then Twitter, chairbreaker with an underscore after it. Excellent. Caleb, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been a real treat to chat with you today. It's been lovely. Thank you so much for asking me, Kat. In the spotlight today is a piece titled Fat Bravery. It was published by Amy Waite on The Fat Zine. Quote, you're so confident is something I have been told many times throughout almost 10 years of performing. And I'm going to be honest with you. In my case, it's all an act. As a fat performer, portraying confidence is seen as a must to receive any form of acceptance and validation from society, whether that is in relation to body shape, gender, sexuality, I personally find the use of confidence as a label to be toxic and is yet another ideal forced upon us to fit society's narrative. It also undermines the journey that most of us have had to endure to find acceptance in ourselves when we are still being degraded and judged. What it takes to leave the house and reveal ourselves takes bravery, not confidence. The Oxford English Dictionary defines confidence as a belief in your own ability to do things and be successful. But as a fat person, success does not come as easily as it does to those more conventional body types. It is only in the past several years, maybe less, that fat folk have been viewed with any form of positivity and viewed without disgust or used as a joke. To redefine your role in society as a fat person is first and foremost an act of bravery, which is something that is often lost or consumed by the need to be confident. 
I personally feel being told how confident I am quite condescending as it undermines the struggles I have faced as a fat person in day-to-day life and as a performer. Discovering inner bravery involved what felt like lying to myself from being laughed at and at points attacked for my body. It reaffirmed everything that society projected about not being beautiful or worthy of acceptance and validation. To then throw that upon its head took a lot of time and discomfort. Some of my beliefs in myself have never disappeared. They rear their ugly little heads in day-to-day life and on the stage, whether it is deciding what to eat or how my body will be conveyed. It was only through the bravery of other fat folk that I felt able to expose myself in such a vulnerable manner. By no means am I saying that fat folk cannot be confident or it's necessarily a bad thing. I just think that the bravery of our existence and exposure of our bodies needs to be validated rather than rebranded as confident. To me, confidence is something that is possessed by those who fit the constructs of what is deemed acceptable, and my body and society is not acceptable. It is something that is radical and goes against the grain of fashion and media. Fortunately, fat presence is rapidly increasing thanks to events such as Fat Pride and artists such as Lizzo redefining our place and role in society. Last year, I was honored to be part of Fat Pride, and it is the only time that I have felt able to be confident, and that was mainly due to being around other radical bodies being celebrated and highlighted. Unfortunately, such spaces are rare, and this is why I feel that we are brave to expose ourselves through our art, leaving our artistic presence open to criticism insults, and judgment. Only through being brave can we then create the space to be fat and proud. End quote. Thanks for listening to another episode of Friend of Maryland. Friend of Maryland is brought to you by Manawatu People's Radio, triple nine AM. If you'd like to contact the show with questions, comments, concerns, or suggestions for topics or guests, you can email us at friendofmaryland at aol.com. You can also find us on Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Closing the show is Think by Aretha Franklin.
support this show and others like it by giving a donation. For more information, go to www.mpr.nz forward slash donate.